episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, pick up your extra seconds, great comment, all greatly appreciated. So, you guys, we are discussing Cruel Summer. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> As far as discussing it, because I feel like most of the discussions recently have been around streaming content. So now I'm like, oh, yay, I get to discuss something that wasn't really streaming. Although I watched it through Hulu, not going to lie, but it was still like you have to wait for a new episode every week. And also, I know you guys are used to getting my um, like buy bi-seasonal what the heck is it called bi-yearly oh my gosh I don't don't mind me my brain is clearly not connecting with the rest of my body at the moment but <laughs> I usually do my biannual. there we go um recordings for like end of seasons and all of that thing which I am still contemplating so if that is something that you enjoyed listening to I am still having an internal debate on if and how I want to do that, just looking at the state of TV and how staggered everything is. I don't know. It's just an, inter- an internal decision that I need to make if I'm going to move forward with that. But anyway, we're discussing <laughs> Cruel Summer. And not going to lie, this show was not on my radar at all. I had no clue what it was. And then all of a sudden, I want to say a month leading up to the premiere this all of a sudden I started getting it felt like every other commercial break or would you even still call them commercial breaks I guess you can call them like advertisement breaks because <laughs> I'm streaming like if you sometimes you get the um, advertisements but essentially every other ad break was cruel summer and I was just like oh my gosh what is this show why do they keep targeting me and so I mean they did a great job targeting me because one, well, I don't even know if they were targeting me. I'm sure, I'm sure some of it was targeted just based on everything that I I watched, but I think a lot of it was just full blast. This is a new show. We want as many people to watch it as possible. It is on Freeform, which Freeform is known for giving, giving us some of these um, teen dramas where there could be some mystery going on, like a Pretty Little Liars, or they're very female-focused characters like a the bold type so like this when you look at this show and you kind of look at the dynamics and the setup of the show then you're like okay I can rock with it being on free form but before I get too far ahead of myself I have to do my warnings because I feel like I need to do this because sometimes people just you know they don't know unless you tell them so this is a solo hosted show and therefore there's no one to kind of help me along and be like hey Eva you're going off topic or you're jumping all around I mean it's just what I do so we can go all over the place but we're still going to make sure it ties back to what the content is at hand there isn't a book or anything related to this show that I would have read so no spoilers on that front but this is a spoiler filled podcast so there will be spoilers so there's that so anyway so I was like okay whatever what is this I'll give the show you know the try and if you've listened you have to be a legacy listener at this point then you know how I give shows a try and it's essentially 
they get up to three episodes. Not a lot of people make it to three because generally the first episode, at least for me, I'm very lenient on because it's really hard. I haven't seen too many shows where the first episode is like, oh, they, they drew me in automatically. So usually I go off the second episode. And then at the second episode, I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued. We'll go to the third episode. And then the third episode is like make or break. If you can't keep me pulled in after that episode, then I'm probably going to stop watching. So I gave it the good old try. And I was just like, okay, it's interesting how the show is set up. It translates over three years. So 1993, 1994, 1995. We're following our two main characters, Jeanette Turner. Turner. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just said Turner. Jeanette Turner, who was played by Kiara Aurelia, and then Kate Wallace, who was played by Olivia Holt. I have seen both of these actresses in things and in shows that I actually enjoyed watching. More Olivia Holt than um, Kiara, just because the one show that I can recall seeing her in, it was kind of one of those shows I was like, oh, it's on the fence. And I, I literally just watched it, I want to say, over the holiday. <laughs> Uh, the name of the show, or I think it's Tell Me Your Secrets. I was literally about to say the name of the show is escaping me, but I'm pretty sure it's like Tell Me Your Secrets. And it looks like she has a lot of stuff coming up uh, over the summer. Looks like it's in the horror genre type of feel. So I don't know if that's really, you know, my thing, but definitely rooting for her. And then Olivia Holt, you guys know I loved Cloak and Dagger, which is probably the one thing that I'm most familiar seeing her in, but she's done quite a few things. So there's that. So we're following these two girls over these three years and essentially it's a mystery. You guys know, teen drama check, <laughs> mystery double check. Anything where I have to solve a mystery for, I am a thousand percent here for it. And so going into, and I think that also is what the draw was with the advertisements was because it was like, okay, it's called Cruel Summer. And they, they kept pushing, like, there's this mystery, something's going on. We clearly have to figure it out. And so I think that was what was probably the biggest draw in for me. And so the first episode, I was like, okay, I can get with it. Uh, we're introduced to the two characters. We There are a lot of things that are thrown out there where essentially you, we can't really trust any of the girls. Not going to lie. I really wasn't rooting for one character over the other. I do have very strong opinions about some of the actions in the show, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I was rooting for one character over the other character. I, I honestly didn't feel like either character was that likable, <laughs> which is weird because I do think they try to play it so that Jeanette comes off a little more likable than Kate, at least initially, and then even more so as you like get towards the end and you kind of figure out everything that kind of happened. But for me personally, they both came off unlikable. I think Jeanette was a little more likable during the 1993 timeline versus any of the other two timelines. Kate, there was some likability there in the 93 timeline. So I think they're both a little more likable in 93. And then as time goes on, it's like, okay, I don't know about either of these girls. But anyway, so I was already like, okay, I don't, I'm not really rooting for one over the other, but essentially by the time we get to 95 time, the nine, 95 timeline or 95, 94 timeline where 
Kate has just come back. We don't know. We have no clue as the viewers what has happened up until the point when she returns. And we know that she went on that talk show and she called out Jeanette and pretty much was like, Jeanette could have saved her and blamed everything on her. Looking back in retrospect after seeing the finale, I still feel the same way that I felt the entire season as far as Kate making that decision to essentially ruin Jeanette's life because she's blaming, well, one, she was upset because essentially she came back and Jeanette had pretty much kind of taken her life, which is like, you know, that could be a shocker. But also it was just like, you ruined her life by throwing her name out there and you seem to not care or have any remorse that you ruined her life knowing that she does not directly connect to anything that has happened to you and you not being saved. Now, you can talk about all oh, the finale. What about that? Even still, I still feel about the same and I'm going to tell you why. And we're going to jump all the way around because it was just way too many timelines and things to try to do this in a linear, like talk about it in a linear way. I just feel like it's not going to make sense. So we find out that Kate essentially ran away from home, went to, uh, what is his name? Mr. Not Mr. Wallace. Oh my gosh. Martin, Mr. Harris, Martin Harris house, who was played by Blake Lee, who was her, the school's vice principal just moved in. You guys watch the show. You, you know, you know who he is, but essentially he's the vice principal. He's young looking, attractive. So like, it makes sense. And you kind of see that there. And if you, I don't even know if you can still find my pretty little liars discussions, but I feel very strongly about like teacher student relationships because it is illegal and it should not happen. And I will say the one thing that I appreciated was that Freeform put up the like warnings at the beginning saying like you will see images of grooming and things like that. And so anything that happened, you can't really be like, oh, it's Kate's fault because she put herself in that situation. Yeah, she may have put herself in that situation, but at the end of the day, Martin is the Martin is the adult in in this situation, and therefore, he needs to be held accountable for the actions that he took and the relationship that he pursued with her. Because he there was when you actually sit and see that whole episode where we didn't get um, I don't think we saw Jeanette at all. I think it was all from Kate's POV when we finally find out what was going on in the house and you finally see how everything played out like he had plenty of opportunity to be like no we need to call your parents or you can't stay here or to turn her away and this is where I'm like it's kind of hard because you can watch and be like well she also had opportunity multiple opportunities to leave which she did but again in this situation Martin is the adult and Kate is the child. So, I mean, if anyone's to blame or if anyone is to take the blame in this, it would have to be him. And I mean, yeah, you just, you just, you really can't. And we can have that conversation if you want to have that conversation because I can see, I can literally see and hear all the points that are being made of why 
Kate should take some responsibility in this situation. She is 17, but at the, but being how old I am and looking back at when I was 17, even when I've turned 18 and I like got into my late 20s, I was like, I feel like 18, you're still mentally just not developed to handle a lot of situations that you find yourself in. So that's why a lot of times when we read these articles and things about kids or teenagers making horrible mistakes and then like a few years later saying, oh, well, I was young. Like you can't, like I am a totally different person now than I was then. It's, I mean, that is true. You were super, super young and I don't want to toe into uh, a conversation about counseling people for their past mistakes because I have very, 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 um, what's the word? Very specific opinions about that and no one can change my opinions on it. And so that I don't want to turn that into this. But at the end of the day, I feel like people should be able to grow and learn from past mistakes. And when you're talking about teenagers, especially like high school age, going even going into college, like 17, 18, 19, there needs to, there's still a lot of growing and growth that needs to happen. Yeah, they're older and, and they are able to think more and make decisions based off of logic and things like that, but there's still growth that needs to happen at that stage. So that's why I say you can't really be like, oh, but Kate had all these opportunities because in this situation, she is still the child. Hopefully you guys are following that with that. But again, this is a, this is an open forum. So if you have a different opinion, we can definitely talk it out as long as we're respectful about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, so when we figure, when we see everything that happened in the house and we find out, which was what I was thinking from the beginning, because they kept, she kept being, Kate kept saying about why she essentially ruined Jeanette's life was that she saw her through the window and before we even got to the final episode where we saw what happened after the window I was just like I feel like it's one of those situations where Kate saw one thing but Jeanette experienced another thing and so therefore you know everyone has their own side to a story and then there's the truth and I'm like I feel like the truth is that Kate feels like her viewpoint is valid because that's what she experienced. But Jeanette's viewpoint is also valid because that's what she experienced. So I'm not going to lie. I got a little tired of the show about halfway through. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I feel like we're dragging out a lot of these things and I, it's pretty clear where we're going. And I feel like they're both guilty of something, whether it's Jeanette actually seeing or knowing that Kate was in that house. Like, I honestly believe there was a possibility that she knew that that girl was in the house. But in my head, I'm like, how do how does that even correlate? So when we get to the end and we see how she knew she was there, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can't even be mad at her um, that that's what happened. But I also am like, thank, thank goodness that Kate didn't know that she had actually come into the house and actually heard her down in the basement and could have opened the door for her because then she would have felt validated and validated in ruining Jeanette's life the way that she did. 
But if you look at the timeline of things, yeah, Jeanette could have opened the door. And I'm not condoning that anyone, if you find yourself in a situation where someone's being held captive, like call the police, tell your parents if you're a child, but also call the police. Like you should do all those things. But has she saved her at that time point? I, I think it would have only shaved off maybe a couple of days if you're if I'm looking at how I think the timeline is based on when Jeanette came back to the house and actually went inside. And I think it's pretty close to when Kate got out um, or was rescued anyway. So if Jeanette had opened the door at that point in time, if what I'm thinking is a timeline is true, it would have shaved off maybe a few days, maybe a week or two. But it doesn't seem like she was in the basement for that much longer after Jeanette came into the house and knew she knew she was down there. But if she wants to be angry at someone, I think she should be angry at Mallory, played by Harley Quinn Smith, which... Again, there weren't really any characters in this that I actually liked or rooted for. Mallory came off super suspicious the entire time. The way that she just lurked around, her whole the whole friendship between her and Kate, even though at the end it's like we're to believe that they pursue something romantically, which I felt like that's where they were going with it. But the way that Kate forgave Mallory after she realized that Mallory was the one who saw her through the window versus the way that she completely destroyed Jeanette's life. Like that is something that I just cannot wrap my head around. And I'm just like, I could never, like, I will never be like, oh, or I can never, I don't want to say root for Kate, but like, I can never be like, oh, Kate is a good person from the heart. Because even if you had romantic feelings for Mallory, all that anger that you had towards Jeanette, who you thought was the one who saw you in the window and potentially could have saved you, which to me does not make sense to me, <laughs> based on everything that had happened in that leading up to that point with the whole window scene. At that point, I'm just like, you cannot blame anyone for whoever saw you. Yeah, they probably could have went to like their her parents or whatever and been like, oh, I think she's staying at um, Mr. Harris' house, but it seems like she wants to be there <laughs> willingly. Like she doesn't seem trapped because at that moment she wasn't trapped. So to me, it just does. It never really made sense for her to be that angry for whoever it was who saw her through the window not reporting that she was there because in all aspects to whoever's looking through that window it looks like she wants to be there which is kind of what Mallory said and she's like she didn't really know what was going on so like she didn't know she didn't know it was her at that point until after the fact and then she kind of put two and two together but even still like I don't know so her motivation for trying to ruin someone's life based on that whole window scene does not make sense now had it not been the window scene that she was like, oh, I'm going to ruin Jeanette's life over. And she had known that Jeanette had came into the house and had heard her downstairs in the basement screaming to be let out. Had she known that, then it would be like, okay, you can kind of see, be as a viewer, I feel like you can give a little more justification to it. But I don't know. This whole, this whole show 
I don't know. I love this show just being like, I mean, I guess to me, the end, like how everything played out, it was just, I don't want to say underwhelming, but it wasn't really surprising. Even after we had the moment between Kate and Mallory, and then I was like, why is this show still going? And then we see the door open. I was like, oh my gosh, so this girl really did know that she was down there. And I was just like, okay, whatever, I guess. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there was something else I wanted to say. Um, before we found out that it was Mallory who was the one to start through the window, and we had this, I believe it was the episode before the finale, when Kate goes to make the phone call, and then she hears someone opening the door, and she realizes it's not Martin, and so she runs up the stairs. In my head, I was like, is this the moment where she is literally ruining Jeanette's life over? Because how was Jeanette supposed to know one, oh, she was even in the house. And if she had known that someone was in the house, how would she know that it was Kate? Because Kate ran up the stairs and around the corner and was listening. So like, to me, that didn't really make sense. But then we find out about the window thing, which is like, whatever. So yeah, so let's talk about some other people really quickly. Because I honestly don't have too, too much to say about this show. I think the whole timeline jumping worked in a way I think towards the middle it just became like some of it was feeling very fillery I think we could have tightened this up if we did like eight episodes maybe it was only 10 a 10 episode season but maybe eight episodes I would even say six or seven because it just felt like it took so long for us to get to what happened in the house and everything else leading up to that episode didn't really seem that relevant because even like the gunshot that um Jeanette and Jamie heard that all happened in the first episode and that ties to uh, Kate shooting and killing Martin. Um, so like all that other stuff that kind of led up to it, to me, wasn't really that necessary. All the th things that were important happened towards the beginning and happened towards the end. So one of my things was like, I don't understand what Mallory's deal is. <laughs> she just seemed so angry at Jeanette. And from episode one, 1993 it just seemed like she had this hard resentment towards Jeanette and I just was like I don't understand it doesn't make sense so when we get all the way up to where we find out that Jeanette's pretty much like we don't have to be friends like I was like thank you Jeanette because this girl is, is acting like she, I don't know she's acting like she doesn't want to be your friend but then we tell her that you don't then maybe you shouldn't be friends she literally acts hysterical and doesn't understand why but it's like you've been a shitty friend this entire time leading up until this point so it's pretty understandable why you shouldn't be friends so there was that Jamie's situation also nine, 1995 Jamie was weird I thought it was weird that Jeanette got back with Jamie after everything that he had did when he punched her in the face in that first episode first of all I was like why is your reaction to hearing and it, and it never was even really clear what all Kate said to Jamie for him to even get that upset. But let's say that he was, that she was like, oh, well, Jeanette knew where I was or something like that. I don't care. There is, is, is some something going on where if you feel like you can just take that and then just run up on a girl and punch her in the face and not even like just slap or whatever and we shouldn't be hitting each other at all. But especially, um... Guys shouldn't be putting their hands on female, but we shouldn't be. Don't. I feel like I keep finding myself in these traps. Nobody should put their hands on anyone. But the fact that you feel like you have the balls to just run up on a girl who is half your size 
and punch her in the face and draw blood. Immediately, I was like, I don't like Jamie. So whatever he did throughout the rest of the series, I was just like, he's a horrible person. I don't care. Like, there was nothing that could justify it for me. And to see him trying to apologize and all this other stuff, and then him lurking around her house in 95, and like how that whole, how his whole drinking problem essentially was around. Essentially, he was kind of like a one-dimensional character if you really want to break Jamie down. But... <laughs> If you look at it, it's like, okay, you were with Kate. It's kind of like that, the perfect high school couple type of thing where I have like the smart girl with a jog kind of, kind of like works. You think that they're going to be high school sweethearts, run off, get married, whatever. She disappears and then you end up with Jeanette. You seem to be really into Jeanette. And so then Kate comes back. And so you're kind of having this fight within yourself of, I love being with Jeanette. But Kate's back and that works. So do I be with do I be with Kate? Kind of a thing. And so all that kind of to me is what's adding to him drinking. Then we find out that he got into that car accident, which pretty much ruined Ben's chances of being able to go to school and play sports. Which I was like, if I was Ben, I would be mad at you too, and I wouldn't talk to you ever again. But it just also adds to how much of a shitty person Jamie is. And then the fact that he just lurks around Jeanette's house and then he's just like oh I need to talk to you come meet me here blah 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 and then the fact that she actually went and met him I was just like oh my gosh Jeanette Jeanette her character and as like just if we want to do a deep dive on Jeanette's character there's a lot going on there both girls have like self-esteem and all these other things oh, uh, Olivia Kate's is a little bit different because it's more so external pressure from her mom Whereas like her mom wants her to live up to certain things. So you can see where that adds in there. Whereas Jeanette's is more so kind of on a, on a creepier side. Because it seems like she is obsessing over a lifestyle that she wants that someone else has. Which is valid throughout the entire thing. Because even when we, we get to the end and we see her in the house. And we see like the smile on her face. I think it's a realization that. Because she, she made the step to save Kate, but then she paused. And I think it's in that pause where she realized, oh, if I open this door, what am I then taking away from me that I've been able to gain while Kate has been missing? So I think she did have that internal dialogue with herself and she decided that, oh, I like my life right now and I don't want to open up those can of worms, which I think has she opened the door, I think things would have went a little bit differently. <laughs> she would not have gotten punched in the face by Jamie. I think the way that things played out just based on how Jamie's behavior is and how he seems to act, he probably would have ended up with Jeanette anyway, but that's not what happened. This is what we really got. And so the fact that she went back with Jamie and we see them like cuddle together in the 95 timeline, I'm just like, Jeanette girl, I literally cannot. <laughs> and then to see her living for the attention when she does goes and does her own interview, like you can see like this... The smirkiness, which I have to say, um, Kiara girl, you play Jeanette really well every single timeline. And you can see from 93 to 95 how much more conniving, if, I don't know if that's a good word to use for Jeanette, but I'm going to use it here, um, how much more conniving she seemed to be because it was just something about her where you, the more the timeline went on, you it grew stronger to the point where you're just like, there's something about her I feel like I cannot trust. 
And she played it really well and it was like in the eyes and the mannerisms and the smirk that she would have sometimes on her face. So that really did come across really well. Uh, but yeah, I kind of wish that we would have saw more from her brother, but kudos to him for coming in clutch with the whole chat tr transcript, which they were able to use in court to essentially get to allow Jeanette and Kate to have that conversation and be like, okay, what really happened? <laughs> Um, in the house and talk it out because I feel like had they done that initially we could have avoided a lot of the things that happened throughout this also Mr. Turner like thanks for being a good parent and sticking by your child because I mean at the end of the day that's all your child has is their parents so if your parents are like oh I'm tapping out it's not really very much helpful like how what happened with her mom even though they both knew what could have been possible with their daughter, he still stuck it out. As far as Kate's parents are concerned, you know, I feel like Mrs. Wallace definitely fits the whole, like, we're from a, a small Southern city. I believe this is in Texas. <laughs> and these are my thoughts and this is the way that I feel. And this is, I'm gonna project it on anyone who I come across. And this is how I think my daughter's life should go. Like she was very much that type of a, a mom character, which is one of those characters where it's hard to really um, like or enjoy them as a person. So I think she did that very well. And then we have Mr. Wallace, who is our um, former athlete star <laughs> turned stepfather, which I don't know. It was very interesting, especially when you see, I think had Kate not disappeared, I don't think that him and her mom would have still been together. Had Kate stayed, I feel like they probably would have gotten divorced. But I think the fact that she disappeared is what is probably is probably what helped them be able to come together versus grow apart. So there's that. Uh, what's his name? Vince. If you want a good friend, a good a good solid friend, I think you need yourself a Vince in your life. I feel like. Even though we did see him a little bit, I wanted a little bit more like from him because he was kind of just there and they were trying to do this whole storyline between him and Ben. And it's like, oh, you want to root for it? But it's also like you kind of forget about what's going on with them because we're so much focused on what's going on with Kate and um, Jeanette. So I do wish we got a little bit more from him. I would have rather got more from him versus Mallory because Mallory just came off horrible from the beginning. Uh, and then we had Angela, who was here for a little bit, who was Mr. Turner's girlfriend, who came in with some good advice at some points. So, yeah, that was an interesting dynamic. And then, of course, Mr. Harris, who was very manipulative, very much so the villain, I believe, in the story. Like, if we, if we have to give someone the villain title, I would give it to him because you could just see how manipulative he was becoming the more and more time went by while Kate was with him. Um, even to the point where when we see the scene where he goes down stairs with a gun and I'm like, oh my gosh, so he's gonna he's gonna kill himself in front of her, which would be very scarring to any individual. But the fact that like he used that to try to I don't even know, save himself in her eyes. I don't know what his whole role was there, but it felt very manipulative to me. And then he couldn't do it. And then he was shocked when Kate did it. It was like, 
I mean, you trapped her in your basement because, and it's still, like his motive for everything to me didn't really make sense because if he would have let Kate leave and she would have just been like, oh, I ran away and now I'm back home, I feel like no one would have ever known like he was involved. Also, it wasn't really clear why or how or what triggered the police wanting to question him more. Like they didn't really get into that. It was just like, oh, he came down the stairs and was like, the police are coming here and they can't come again. And all that other stuff. And I was like, but did something happen for them to begin questioning you? Like that was never really clear. So I wish they would have like shown us what was going on there. But anyway, the show, <laughs> it was interesting. I will give you that, but yeah. So let's just talk season two. This show was renewed pretty quickly after the, or no, yeah, I think it was the day of the finale that they announced that the show was renewed for season two. Uh, we do not know yet what season two will consist of. So they're saying that it could return with the same cast or in an anthology form. Honestly, I don't know that there's more story that I want from these characters that we need to drag out for like another 10 episodes. I would rather they do an anthology format or something where it's like, you can use the same um, like actors, but it can be different people who they're playing. I would rather do that versus seeing these same characters return because I just don't think that there's enough story there to warrant another season that would be good enough for you to like hold on the mystery to. Whereas Pretty Little Liars, like the over, I know I'm going to compare this to Pretty Little Liars for a little bit just because they're both on Freeform. But whereas Pretty Little Liars, there was this overarching character there that could kind of help drive every season, even though I do think that show went on a tad bit too long. But <laughs> there was an overarching character who kind of could tie each season together um, as far as like the mystery with the whole A character. Whereas here, there's not really that like, for the most part, we got all the answers that we needed from what we were shown on this show. So I just don't know that there's anything more that we would need to see or have answered from these characters. So yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say about Cruel Summer. I want to know what you guys thought about Cruel Summer. Uh, were any of your predictions correct? Did you figure out what was going on as far as this mystery is concerned? What do you want to see in season two? Do you want to see the same characters return or do you want to see an anthology format? Let me know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binging Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and I'll talk to you in the next one.